Welcome to the Odds Makers Podcast, presented by Superbook Sports. The line starts here as we take you behind the counter for an all-access look at the biggest events in sports. Through the minds of career Las Vegas odds makers, Jay Cornegay and John Murray. Want the very best in odds boosts, promotions, and contests? Download the Superbook Sports app. Follow us at Superbook Sports on social media and head to Superbook.com. Superbook.com today. Now let's jump behind the counter and talk with the odds makers before we get our wagers down. Here's your MC, Jonathan Von Tobel. What up, folks? Welcome in. After what are we talking about? Two week hiatus. Oddsmakers is back. Jonathan Von Tobel, Jay Cornegay, and John Murray. I was so excited, guys, that I decided to wear a sport coat today. How about that, huh? What do you oh, like? I think it's pretty nice. I mean, you did that for us. Yeah, you you just course. didn't come from a like Another a job, job interview. Yeah. No, no, nothing oh, like okay. that. Job, no job interview? Oh. Interview? Oh. I'm still under contract. You, you know, oh, I thought oh, you no. went in front of the board or something. No, yeah. no. Oh. I, I really like the t-shirt yeah. sport coat combo because it allows me to be comfortable while also looking, you know, professional. Damper. You know what I sure. mean? Blue, black is a very professional combo. How's it going, guys? What's going on? I haven't wow. seen you in two weeks. I know it's been a little crazy. I mean, people think that we get this lull between Super Bowl and March Madness. <laughs> Somewhat, but for us, it's been a little crazy. We're still dealing with six other jurisdictions across the country. That always keeps us on our toes. Yeah. Well, and March Madness is essentially here. These conference tournaments are underway, and we're going to get to those uh, in some depth in a little bit. But uh, we did have some pretty big events up in, you know, in the time that we were off. I wanted to ask you guys first off, uh, UFC 285 was a pretty big one. Um, I had a lot of fun. It was one of the first UFC cards in a while that I like cleared out the schedule. I was like, I'm sitting down, I'm watching this. Johnny Bones Jones making his return, a very quick return at that. How did that go off for you guys? Was that a very popular event with a big star <laughs> like that at the top? Uh, I'm going to defer to John, but all I know is 12 out of 13 favorites won. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or is it 13 out right. of 14? Is it 13 yeah. out of 14 or 12 we, out of 13? Uh, not only that, like that, but we had a guy that had all these parlays to all the favorites ending with Shevchenko, and he made a big bet on Grasso to hedge his bets, and he nice. won on that. So, yeah, it was not good. All I can say is I'm really glad I didn't pay to go to that event. Uh, on, on paper, it looked so good, and the fights were so bad. And uh, I, don't, I don't know what happened in the John Jones fight. I guess you could call that a fight. Um, not a great night for the house. A little bit disappointing in terms of the fights themselves, I thought. I would have liked to have seen the other guy at least attempt to fight John Jones. <laughs> I hope he was compensated well. Yeah, why were you attracted to that card? Because I asked John prior to Saturday, and he said, eh, the card is okay, but you were... Oh, it's, it's all about John Jones. Oh, like, he's okay. a star. Like, and I'm a, I'm a Valentina Shevchenko fan. Like, I like the way that she fights, so yeah. it was actually cool. And as a fan of her, it was actually kind of cool to watch her lose because she's been so good. What was that? She was working on eight straight title defenses, mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. it was. Mm-hmm. So... Like I was a fan of the fighters on the card. Also, he was on the prelims, but I'm a Cody Garbrandt guy too. So, like, there were some names on the card that Bo I really Nickel. Enjoyed. I think it was a, Bo Nickel, it, right? Bo Nickel's the guy that the UFC is grooming to be a star. Yep, he's supposed to be a star. They had him lead off the pay per view. They gave him an opponent that he was supposed to destroy. Which he did. He destroyed that individual. So that 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 was went that went according to script. Well, I'll put it to you this way, Jay. My my wife, who I think has watched a total of like three UFC events. When I told her who was fighting, he was like, oh, he's back, right? Like, we went to oh, John, okay. Daniel Jones, Cormier, uh, Daniel Jones, Daniel Jones, Daniel Cormier and John Jones won. We saw that live. So, like, since there. That was, like, we, seven years ago. Yeah. I was at that fight. Yeah, so was I. Uh, she well, was, I she's been a fan since? Since, since. Okay. And actually, John, uh, I didn't pay for it. A friend, a mutual friend 
Matt Redmanovich. Give him a shout out. Give Matt Redmanovich, tremendous young man. He gave me some uh, crumpled yeah. tickets. It was great. <laughs> yeah. it, to, to operate in a spot yeah. where you have, like, we're sitting at a bar and he goes, oh, by the way, do you want these? And pulls crumpled UFC 180, whatever it was, tickets out for Jones and Cormier. I was like, yeah. I, I probably that got into that event through Matt Redmanovich. Okay. I can't remember. That was a long time ago. But <laughs> Matt is such a stellar young man. Really is. Right. Uh, he probably also got me my tickets, although I just don't remember. It's too long ago. Yes. So you have a lot of connections there. I had to buy for Jones Cormier too, if you recall that. Oh, event. Yeah. yeah, I know. Poor baby. <laughs> that event was in Anaheim. Yeah. And that was a great fight. It was. That was a great fight. And then John, they took the John's win away from him a few days later. Yeah, I've been. So I'm like a low key MMA fan, Jay. So like you know, I, I've been watching for a while. Like for throughout the pandemic, that was one of the things that I really followed because that was one of the first things back. Um, but like I was at, you know, one of my favorite fights that I was at in person was uh, Dillashaw Brow one, where Dillashaw was on yeah. PEDs and was awesome and like <laughs> lightning quick. Yeah, I remember that one. That was the night that Cormier fought Dan Henderson. Yep, chucked him, picked right? him up, and just carried him around, just threw him to the ground whenever he felt like it. That, yep. that was a fun. That was like a probably Memorial Day weekend, like fourteen. That's right. So also went to that. that for free. Sorry, Dana White, you have not gotten my money for actual tickets I, yet. I had to but. pay for that one too, Dana. <laughs> so so yeah, we've got some paying customers here. We have some non-paying customers. I, I got the tickets through the right way. We'll just put it that way. It's not like I'm okay. legally streaming. And I purchased my fight over the weekend, so I was doing it the right way. Okay, I'll tell you that much. Like that. For you. Uh, so with that, <laughs> yes, spent my hard-earned money. I know Jay's a big MMA guy. College basketball conference. You know what? I'm not a big. I, I am yeah. a fan though. I really do enjoy the fights. Jay always when I get texts the- me on Saturdays. He says, "What What are the sharp guys on? What do you like? I'm going to watch." He's like, hey, so it's at the would, apex, smaller yeah. cage. You think there's going to be a knockout here? If you yeah. ask me, like, do I think Jay's an MMA fan? I would say yes. Okay. I enjoy it. I just don't yeah. go out of my way to, to, to you know, go to, go to any of the events. I think I've been to two over all this time, and um, I enjoyed them. I, uh, as far as pay-per-view, I've, I've probably, I don't know, probably bought more than, you know, a dozen of those fights. Um, my wife enjoys it. When she, she, she likes to look at it and says, all right, when they're being introduced, I'll go, which one do you like? And then she'll, you know, she'll take obviously the most, you know, no. <laughs> intimidating figure that's out there all the time. I but, thought you were yeah, going to say something different. Oh yeah. Like I what? thought you were going to go like, like the sexiest yeah. guy or something uh, like that. Yeah. I thought you were going to say the she handsome guy. sexy yeah. in her life. Right. That's fair. Right. Okay. No, uh, great energy at the UFC events, but I thought, uh, one of the things that soured me on Saturday was those lame roadhouse things. That oh, was yeah. really, that was really lame. <laughs> and now I won't see the movie roadhouse. Plus they shouldn't even remake movies like that. It's a terrific film. With with Patrick Swayze, never seen it. No. We didn't need to remake Roadhouse. Wade, what's the guy's name? Wade. What was his buddy's name? That, you're you're well, asking okay, the wrong come on. guy. I mean, we uh, know Dalton. Okay, yeah, it's Dalton. Yeah. You know, but know. his his uh, his counterpart was Wade. It was yeah, Sam, Elliott, Sam Elliott, the character, yeah, the actor. But I, can't, <laughs> I don't remember. I, don't, I can't I don't remember. Know. My mind is too filled. It was with all the other night. It's all good. It was a cool. I could. I could. It was a cool name. Well, they remade yeah. Point Break, and the remake is horrifyingly bad. And I hope that doesn't happen with Roadhouse. But talk about Wade Garrett. Is that what you're looking Wade for? Wade Garrett. Garrett. Yeah. I'll yeah. never know because I'll never watch That's it. That's it. Right. I'll also never watch that movie, so I'll take your word on it. 
Good. Maybe just to make people angry, I'll go watch the Jake Gyllenhaal one and tell you how fantastic it was. No. <laughs> Don't do it, John. The All right. original's terrific. We do have uh, college hoops, though, so it's conference tournament week. Yeah. So I'll ask you guys this because we're, um, we're actually rapidly approaching, of course, the actual madness or people refer to it as. But March Madness is such named because starting the first week of March, you get conference tournaments as well. It's not just the NCAA tournament. So from a handle and increase there – as it starts, essentially last week, because you had some of those smaller tournaments, how much of an uptick in handle do you guys see on a night-to-night basis with some of these college games, even some of these smaller conference tournaments as we get closer to March Madness? It snowballs. It certainly does. I mean, I'm, you can understand why some of those uh, earlier tournaments get uh, little attention, but as we get into the second week of these conference tournaments, you start talking about some of the bigger five, some of the bigger mid-major tournaments, and... Uh, we start to see a lot of those folks in, in town as well. You know, we mm-hmm. host, what, six tournaments here in, yep. in Las Vegas. You start to see their fans. Um, so it really just snowballs from that first go uh, of uh, some of the smaller tournaments into the major tournaments. In the next few days that we, uh, you know, are hosting all these things, you're going to see some good, solid crowds in the sports books across town. Yeah, I think what – so we got – Pac-12, Mountain West, the West Coast Conference, the WAC. They have uh, the the Big West. Like, there's a ton ton of this. And it's funny because, you know, now out here, the added implication, what you're talking about, Jake, because there's a lot more people in your casino, too. So there's a sports betting aspect. And uh, just from the standpoint of the actual building itself, you get a lot more bodies out here and a lot more money spent. So it's a really big week. It's really cool. You know, I'd like to see all the fans around town. You go around town, and it's just kind of like when, you know, you've been to a Final Four and you just see all the colors and the fans are – they're into it, you know, and it's uh, it's understandable why Las Vegas hosts a lot of these tournaments. A lot of the fans have fun. I talk to them all the time, and you know that whenever they say, and this is from the fans, whenever they say that they're thinking about you know taking another poll or survey if they want to you know doing it do it in a different city, different venue, they always vote for Las Vegas. Have you they, guys have you guys seen a dip at all, or do you expect maybe a dip in terms of people coming out here for the actual NCAA tournament since sports betting is available in so many other jurisdictions? That's it's tough to say. I, you know, I, I don't know. There's there's two sides of that. You know, some that are going to stay home because they can do it there now, but there's others that still want to experience, you know, Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. And we haven't seen any drops uh, in attendance or bodies uh, that we've seen in the last couple of years. Everything has gone up. You know, even though we've seen numbers, huge numbers across the country, the numbers in Las Vegas have been very steady. You know, he's got two thumbs and he'll be out here drinking Jack and Cokes on that Friday, next Friday. Jack and Coke. This guy. I was going to say Adam Hill. <laughs> no, uh, I don't think Adam's a Jack and Coke. No, guy. he's not. He's a coffee and Bailey's. I just wanted to. We already read into Redmanovich reference. Yeah, that's I, good I, I, had to, I was forcing that in yeah. with a crowbar. So I think this Sprite. is a better. I think this is a better week than next week to come out here. Yeah, really. Next week is too crazy. Unless you've got like some kind of a connection that can get you set up with a nice place to sit. <clears throat> next week is too crazy. Sorry, I was just clearing my throat. Well, and it, it, this it, week you've got. Uh, I didn't catch that. This week uh, you've got games you can actually go to. Yeah, yeah. It Which I think sense. is a big perk. And the hotel rooms are a lot cheaper. I got my boys coming in tomorrow. So, Your boys? Yeah. yeah. Wow. It's been like going back to the 20, 20 years. Things, huh? Yeah, we're going. See, my Rams are up by seven, ten minutes ago. We're, we're looking good there. Good. I laid um, them. Let's go. Oh, did you? Yeah. Two and a half? Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. 
Yes. All right, me and Jay are already off on a really solid. Actually, once we're done, it'll give you an idea of where we're recording this. But uh, I'm actually heading down to the Thomas and Mack Center out here. To, that doesn't. That's why you wore the jacket. Ah. Uh, no, it's actually because I was at a different job before. So I actually got, have a change of my outerwear to wear right. out to the Thomas and Mack Center. Just okay. a nice pullover black sweater, you know. You gonna be you're, there tomorrow? You've a lot of jobs. Oh, yeah. Okay. All you're, you're one of we'll the reasons it. why the unemployment rate is down so much. You've got like six, seven, or up. So you've got six or seven jobs. Well, I think you can make the argument. Well, shouldn't yeah. it be up because I'm taking somebody's job? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to keep track. It's hard to keep track with these statistics, John. I, I know you work a lot of jobs. I just have the one. All right. So uh, from a conference tournament standpoint, or actually, let's let's do this before we get to the conference tournaments. As we get closer to the NCAA tournament, has anything from a liability standpoint stuck out? Like, how does that is that a slow burn for you guys in terms of national championship? With when it comes to liability, like I would assume a lot of the futures tickets come in like like now, right? To win the NCAA tournament, with people getting more into it, they'll really start to come in after the brackets are yeah. set. So Sunday's the selection show. Sunday night, Monday, Tuesday, people get to town to start betting the games. Wednesday, Thursday, that's when you'll get a huge number of your public bets, for sure, will come in. Then I remember last year, once the brackets were set, we started writing significant bets on Arizona and Gonzaga. And that was one of the big reasons we won as much as we did on Kansas. So I think you'll see some really big tickets come in next week. Yeah, we haven't had that many big tickets. I was just kind of looking over. We had, you know, a couple of big bets on Houston, a couple of larger wagers on Gonzaga. In fact, those are our two biggest liabilities heading into, you know, a conference tournament week. Um, but other than that, <clears throat> we, you know, the guys are watching it. You know, we have a great team here that just watches it throughout the entire year. And we kind of monitor, and John and I will peek at it every once in a while, and I haven't looked at it in about a week or so. But we still, not tremendous liability, but certainly certainly some liability hooked up against Houston, uh, Gonzaga, and even Texas. So is this, I would assume this is kind of an event that you guys do, rel- I mean, you guys generally do well in a lot of stuff, but... What I mean by that is, is I think a lot of people fall in love with the idea of a Cinderella, right? But generally, Cinderella is a team that wins like three or four games, maybe makes it to like an Elite Eight, and then ultimately fizzles out. But when everything is said and done, the teams that win these NCAA tournaments are usually teams we've seen at the top of the board for like a throughout the entire season, right? Yeah. Well, we the cream usually rises, yes. right? But you know, we do have those VCU's out there, George Mason's mm-hmm. out there, uh, you know, Chicago or Illinois. So maybe Chicago. you get dinged in like to make a Final Four market, but not like an NCAA yeah. well, we, championship. We were gonna we were gonna lose quite a bit in the last year if North Carolina had beat Kansas. Yeah, you think back to mm-hmm. the, that beginning of that yeah. tournament, they were an eighth seed. They had to play Baylor in the second round. They're not going to go to the national championship game, and we had we had significant liability on them. We were unhappy when they beat Duke. And I just remember we needed Kansas so big in that game, not just because we won a lot on Kansas, because we were going to lose a lot on North mm-hmm. Carolina. So that one, that one got a lot closer. But than that, they was that due to futures, or was it because of the game betting? That it was. It was. It was, uh, it was futures maybe. outside of Nevada. Yeah. It was okay. Futures outside okay. of Nevada. We had significant liability on the Tar Heels. Yeah. But luckily, the Jayhawks came back for us after a lackluster first half, and we did very well. But some of those those teams that come out of nowhere, you know, yes, they can make that mini run, and maybe you shouldn't call it mini. Maybe they win three games. The or St. Something Peter's like that. of the world. Right? Well, that's yeah. what I'm talking about. It's like George Mason, or I mean, we had a lot that you know, a lot of liability on VCU, and they had a play-in game. They were a play-in team that had to win not six games, but seven games, yeah. and they get all the way there. That was a little nerve-wracking because that was a, a tre- tremendous amount of liability. And I love seeing those teams go, but mm. usually when we get to the Final Four, you're like, it's all right, cream of the crop. 
Cream of the crop. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's I don't like it when they win. I know that's a controversial opinion. I'd rather see the good teams win yeah. and have the better matchups. I know, like, everyone gets so stoked when you see these upsets on the first weekend, but then you get to the Sweet 16, you got some crappy game where the one seed's like 14-point favorite. Yeah. I don't like it. Yep, John. I'd rather see the but, be- but I'd that, rather see the best team. But that upset, as well. but that upset is sweet, you know. In that first, I, I do. Yeah. It's it's kind of cool. I, I like no, it. it's fun, but it it, it can it can lead to some big liabilities. And I'd rather see the best teams play each other. I agree with John. I didn't I didn't tag Jay for like the sentimental type, but. Uh. <laughs> Why are you kicking me? <laughs> it, seems like, it seems like that is the case. Uh, all right. We'll get more on this because actually once we get the, tur- the bracket set and we're going to be back on for odds makers, there's a lot of questions I have about those seating matchups. But we can save those for when we actually get to them. Uh, by the way, we mentioned North Carolina. should note that oddly similar situation for North Carolina as they enter the ACC tournament, losing to Duke in the regular season finale, essentially on the bubble and need to win their way in at this point for the Tar Heels. So – uh, before we get to some of these individual conference tournaments, is anything notable come through at all? Like in some of these, like you guys put up uh, odds to win specific conference tournaments. Anything, anything of note in college hoops that has come in so far at all? Uh, we, I know we have some liability on Michigan for the Big Ten and yeah. Hawaii mm-hmm. for is it Big the WAC? West. Yeah. Big West. Is it Big West or WAC? Yeah, Big West. Big West, yeah. Hawaii of all teams. So not too much other than that. I mean, it's just kind of been trickling in. Um, but uh, some of those, uh, I guess, across the, the country, some of those bigger wages were on those two teams. Go figure. All right. Rainbows. Rainbow Warriors. And, uh, uh, didn't they drop Rainbow? I, oh, did they really? Yeah. Ah, they'll always be the Rainbow. You're going to start calling them the Devil Rays when we do baseball shows? <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't oh, know what you're talking can't about. Say yeah, yeah, you can't that, say that John. one. Right, I'm not going to even think about saying Never that Never heard one. of an organization like yeah, that. It's, uh, I can't believe somebody would yeah. even go that far as to name an organization with that mascot. Jeez, Wes Unsold over there. So, all right, you mentioned Michigan. Uh, well, we can start at the Big Ten. Currently projected right now to have about 10 bids or so. And we can look at this. Like, I guess we can go this any way you want. We can look at this big picture or – when it comes to the tournament or when it comes to the national picture, because I think it's pretty fascinating. You have a lot of teams in this conference, guys, that at one point or still do have a large national footprint in terms of the way that they're perceived, right? Purdue, for example, got off to the start that they did, but they came in the NCAA tournament sliding or the conference tournament sliding, not anywhere near as hot as they were, I think, or as dangerous. Indiana is a team that at one point, I think they ranked, I think, 10th, maybe even higher in the national rankings. They got smacked by Kansas, injuries hit them, and now they're a little bit disjointed. When it comes to the Big Ten overall, this is always a conference that has a lot of teams, but generally does really not that much when it comes to the NCAA tournament. All I know is when I talk to some of the guys that uh, you know follow this closely, is that they've lost all their confidence in Purdue. Mm. Yeah, and that's understandable with their you know recent performances. But Purdue was so hot in the middle of the season that uh, I mean there was a lot of interest in them. But now it's like even the guys, uh, even the general public. So the general public and some of the sharps out there has just totally jumped off this, you know, Purdue wagon. Mm-hmm. Big Ten is projected to get ten bids. Yeah. No. Can you believe that? Come on. Let's be ser- let's be serious, folks. The 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 tenth team in the Big Twelve would is a lot better than a lot of these Big okay. Ten teams. I, I'm glad you actually brought this point up. So this is what I think, and I'm this is a really fascinating dynamic because we see year after year the Big Ten gets all these teams in, but because they all just cannibalize on one another, there's this perception that it's a good conference when in reality just a bunch of half court oriented teams that play seven footers and kind of stink. That's a shot it at comes, Purdue. Uh, it is. It, 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 no, it is. Like it's a shot at a lot of these teams. Okay, they, they're just slow paced and boring teams that all win on the road. Or excuse me, win. On at home and so you think that these teams are really good and then you get to the second weekend you're like oh there's no big 10 teams left because they chronically underperform and john to your point 
You look at a team like the Big 12, and I know this is not something you guys have on hand, but I would wager that if you were taking the power ratings of Big 12 teams versus Big 10 teams, the Big 12 would come out on top. That is, Well, a, you, would, you would win that wager. And if, right? if the SEC and the Big 10 are both getting more bids than the Big 12, there's a problem. Because the, even, even the schools at the bottom, I think that I think Oklahoma is the last seed in the Big 12 tournament. Mm-hmm. I think they're the 10th seed. I watched them smash Alabama Correct. in the middle of the regular season. So that, that is, there's a problem there because the Big 12, is, they're, they're a historically good conference this year. Every team in the Big 12 could win a tournament mm-hmm. game. Mm-hmm. They're much better than the Big 10 and the SEC. Yeah, by for from Ken Palm projections and for people who like these or not, whatever it is, you have three teams that are currently ranked uh, inside. No, excuse me, two teams that are ranked inside the top ten from the Big Twelve. But inside of the top twenty, you've got a litany of these teams. When you're talking about Texas, Kansas, uh, Baylor, West Virginia, and to your point, John, when you look at some of these, like Oklahoma. Like, Oklahoma is, I would say, because they're not going to get into the NCAA tournament unless they win an automatic bid now. Mm-hmm. Like, you look at their schedule at times in terms of what they had to go through. I mean, look at some of this stuff. You're talking about West Virginia, Baylor, Kansas, Kansas State, Texas. Like, that's a four or five game stretch in the Big 12. That's horrendous. That's, how the, re- that's how the Big 12 regular season was. Yep. You know, and if Oklahoma was in the ACC, they'd probably be like a six seed in the mm-hmm. NCAA tournament. And now they've got no chance to be in it. So, I, I don't know. I got, I, got a, I got a lot of issues with that, John. Like, okay. If the Big Ten gets 10 bids, there's a problem. Let them know. West when was the last time the Big Ten won it all? 2000. Mateen, right? Yeah. Mateen Cleaves. Really? Michigan, oh, yeah. Michigan made it to a couple Michigan of national State, championships, yeah, but they didn't win. Michigan's been in the title game yeah. a couple yep. times. But, and Ohio State but, lost in the title game to Florida. But yep. you got to go back to 2000. Michigan State, Mateen Cleaves, and uh, the guys from Flint, the Flintstones, mm-hmm. Charlie Bell, Mo Pete, that team. That was the last Big Ten team. They've had a few, uh, more than a few Final Four teams. Right. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Ohio State's like really they get, they, they win their, their regions. It seems like they do okay in their mm-hmm. own region, but uh, beyond that, it's Indiana a went hurdle. to a Final Four. They lost to Maryland, mm-hmm. if you can recall that, with Jared Jeffries on Of course, it. yeah. No, I would uh, agree with that. And, and that was over 20 years ago. I mean, we're talking about a, a conference that just has not excelled. Meanwhile, the Big 12, they won it last year. They won it the year before. And then you go back to 19, which was the, last, the most recent one because 20 got canceled. Yep. Texas Tech probably should have won the national championship. Mm-hmm. John yeah, is also very conference uh, loyal. Is, uh, no, I'm a, West I'm Virginia. A, no, no, no. I'm a lifelong what? Big East fan. Mm-hmm. I, I, I've West when I was going to school, West Virginia was in the Big East. Okay, I'm right. just telling you that the Big Twelve is easily the best conference. Okay, by far. Will you guys hang markets like uh, winner of national championship? In conference, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Conference, conference to win the national conference wins. There we go. There but conference wins is always a very oh, popular wins, one. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, see, I like that too. So win totals essentially for conferences in there and everything. Yeah, so very popular. Uh, but if I know popular. the NCAA tournament, whatever we hang in the Big Twelve, it'll go under. Yeah. Because everything we've learned the first five months is going to go out the window starting on Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, glad you. <laughs> I was going to say, if they get 10 in, it's right because we've been dissing them for the last five minutes. They'll probably win nine out of the 10 games. And the national championship game, Purdue and Indiana. (laughs) Oh, this is awesome. Yeah. Oh, that would would suck, though. That would totally suck. Do you want to give out your Twitter address right now? (laughs) I don't care. It's fine. I'll tell you what. uh, I like to be told when I'm wrong. It happens all the time. You know what? I'll be wrong. I'm ready. Are you ready for this? How about this proclamation? Over, under, one and a half wins for Purdue. Under. Let's go. You don't think Purdue's a Sweet 16 team? No. What seed are they going to be? I'd like to. Uh, I'd say two one. or three. Uh, no, they're on the. Let me see. I'll I think tell you right now. They've fallen off the one. Line. I think they've fallen off one because they've not been playing very they've been well playing at terrible all. Terrible the last couple weeks. Um, no, Lenardi's. Yeah, Lenardi's got them at the top as the top two seed. 
So they could potentially oh, so get the number one. If they won the Big yeah. Ten tournament. If they won the Big overall. Ten tournament. Yeah, that's true. Right. Okay. So, so you, you'd, be, you'd be confident in betting them to go out in the second round as a one seed? Yep. Currently projected, if this is if we get this any near accurate, you get like a Duke or a USC in the second round? Over. Curtains. I wouldn't want to play Duke in the second round. Oh, Duke's been playing pretty well. No, they have been. And they're coming off of a good end of the regular season where they went to North Carolina in a spot where the Tar Heels had to have it. And where will the where will their region be? Like three minutes from campus. It's not going to be at Cameron Indoor. (laughs) Usually the Duke Duke bracket is always and in Greensboro every time. Every single time. So I'm guessing they'll get a favorable uh, location. Yes, even as like a seven seed. Call me a cynic. Correct. Yes, I would agree. Since it happens every single year, I I think I've picked up a trend. Right now. Lenardi's got him projected in the Columbus region at this point, out in Columbus yeah, we'll to start the happens. first round. But we'll uh, see what you can only do so much when it comes to the projections. Speaking of the ACC, another conference that seems to have kind of a down year, and it ties into really what we're talking about with North Carolina, who is in an eerily similar position. But you talk uh, like if you go to the ACC, right? And again, I use Ken Palm projections a lot. Duke is the highest rated ACC team at 31st. Like, this seems to be a really weak year for the it's ACC. A, it's a down overall. year. I mean, Miami, no offense to them because I like Jim Laranega, but Miami's the one seed in the ACC tournament. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that is a down year in the ACC. I think Hubert Davis, they had an incredible run of the final last year, and that's the only reason why he isn't on a hot seat of sorts. Like, for that roster to be on the bubble on March 8th, mm-hmm. and last year they were an eight seed, that's certainly below North Carolina's expectations. I would call that two straight very poor regular seasons for North Carolina. Yeah. Mm. And they need to win, by the way. They're on the first four out for a lot of projections. Mm-hmm. So, like, they need to, one would argue, win the ACC tournament or at least get to the ACC tournament final yeah. at the very least and stack up some wins. And even then, as we're talking about, those wins in the ACC are not as impressive anymore. But on Miami's front, Will you guys see an uptick in terms of tickets on a team like Miami who pretty much brings everybody back and right everybody thinks, hey, they can make that run again. Why not bet on the Hurricanes yeah. to kind of come in and win the uh, NCAA tournament? I think so, but they they leveled up in the Elite Eight, yeah. and they got slaughtered by Kansas in that game. So I don't know. that. I think they're a team that could win a game or two, draw dependent, but as far as like realistically winning a national championship, I don't see that. Yeah. Although like- it is pretty open this year. How many times have we seen, you know, when we talk about this tournament and then we talk about the same thing about how this ter- conference is overrated, this one's underrated, and then how many times has it happened when we sit there talking about how down year a conference has had and then they do well? Almost All of a sudden, every time. I, right, it's right. like five teams in the Sweet <laughs> 16. So true. It's like crazy. That, like now, almost every time. That's why I said right. everything we've, we think we know. We're, we're going to be thrown out the window. Well, and the setting, the setting lends itself to that, right? These are single elimination basketball contests. If you were playing series, then obviously the cream would sure. rise even faster to the top if yeah. you're sure, playing yeah. the best of whatever. But when you get these one-off elimination settings, you get, you get Team X, who's one of the better ones in the conference, has a cold shooting night, and all of a sudden you're just, sorry, you're going yeah. home. I, I'm already looking forward to betting That's on so St. Great. Mary's in the first round because they lost to Gonzaga yep. by like a million last night. So I'll be betting St. Mary's. And then I like to fade the teams that kind of come out of nowhere or semi out of nowhere and win their tournaments this weekend. Like Iowa last year was a really good example. Yep. They won the Big Ten. They were a trendy pick. They lost to Richmond in a 5-12 game. Mm-hmm. So I'll be looking for little spots like that because I think the value will be there in terms of the And had a popular player, right, Keegan Murray, on Iowa Keegan that Murray. year. And he was, a, he was a guy that everybody really loved. So speaking of Gonzaga and St. Mary's, that's actually a really fascinating dynamic because the West Coast Conference you would, is only going to get two uh, coming out there, and that's going to be those two that played for the West Coast Conference Championship just last night. Look, I wanted to start with Gonzaga first because 
if you're looking at them in the big picture, I think you could argue that this year, from like a betting perspective, the market was really high on them, but they weren't a good spread team. The market was a little too high. Mm-hmm. But this is still a team that leads the league in offensive rating. They just smacked one of the best defensive teams in the country on a neutral mm-hmm. site. We'll call it neutral, even though Orleans is a little bit more Zags-oriented. Is this actually the year where Gonzaga comes in maybe a little undervalued and could actually win a national championship, we'll say? Because they've made these runs. One of, the, one of the biggest and most irritating misconceptions I think is out there. A lot of people like to make the argument that Gonzaga should play in a tougher conference because it prepares them better. There's not a single team you can find with a better resume over the last five years in the NCAA tournament than Gonzaga. Well, the haven't they made the Sweet 16 like 16 years in a row? Right. That's why well, I then I think the that means they're prepared for the NCAA tournament. Right. Because it's not like they're it's not like they're going out early. I I think uh, Gonzaga may be peaking at the right time. Mm-hmm. But I know John John has already accused me of having biases, Jay, and <laughs> I do have a Gonzaga twenty to one ticket that I bet like way back. I don't even. I mean, I know that number was available all year, and better numbers were available. I bet it like at the start of the season. So I have a, a bias on this one. So I'll have to yeah. defer. I think they're a little relaxed too. I, I think that uh, you know they're in a spot where a lot of people are kind of dismissing them. You know they're not as good as they were, and you know they they're not a high profile team going into this tournament. Mm-hmm. There's no pressure whatsoever. And in fact, they might probably come into this tournament with a little chip on their shoulder, and they might be hitting their stride just now. I mean, they they look fantastic over this uh, last week or so. And again, no pressure. Playing with house money, you know, those are the teams that are very dangerous in my mind. We may be seeing them right back here in two weeks because the West Regional is a T-Mobile. I assume Gonzaga will be probably the three seed in the West, mm-hmm. something like mm-hmm. that, right? So I don't think they're quite a two seed, but they could certainly be a team that we could see in Nevada, Las Vegas for the uh, regional. That'd be kind of cool. I might need that day off, boss. We'll talk about it. Okay, I was gonna say, Jay, you can answer. Like, what, what's this? I applied no, for. I was uh, like, I just looked away. I, I applied talk. for credentials yeah. for that okay. day too. It sounded so like a yes. But you know yeah. Go ahead. Okay. Go, go to the next one. I'm, I'm hoping. Uh, all right, let me ask you one last West Coast Conference question. Then, so we know that futures are a little bit more of a reflection of liability than true odds, right? You know, if sure. teams are popular, you'll shade them a little bit shorter because you guys are building up liability on them. Why is there such a gap between Gonzaga and St. Mary's on the futures board? Why you guys currently have St. Mary's at forty to one? and you have Gonzaga at a 12-1, to 1, why would that be the case? I think it's two things. We have a difference of opinion on Gonzaga and St. Mary's, but the main reason is liability. We, as we mentioned earlier, we have some liability connected to Gonzaga, and that's the main reason why you see a big gap between those two. And people are going to be betting Gonzaga. They always do. Well, especially after that performance. They, they, they're right? going to be betting. Gonzaga will be a popular. We talk about the teams that people will bet after the selection show, after the mm. brackets come out. Gonzaga is going to be at the near the top of that list because they just won the West Coast Conference and people are used to betting on them. They're always a high ticket count number team. I know they're out there in the West Coast Conference, but they're almost like a blue blood program at the window. Yeah, people love to bet on Gonzaga, and I think they're you know they've been pretty trimmed down over the last few years, and this year you're getting a little better odds than what you've seen in years past. Yeah, so there's true. a little value there in many eyes. All right, we'll get you out of here. We have two things really quick we'll hit on before we get you guys out of here. The first of which is, John, you mentioned a Gonzaga ticket that you have. Are there any teams you guys specifically like in this entire thing as we're getting closer to the March mad- to March Madness outside of the one that you mentioned, John? 
I liked Texas a lot, but uh, their coach decided to go off the off the reservation and got yeah. himself fired in the middle of the season. That was the team that I really liked. I bet them like a thirty to one before the season started. I thought they were going to be awesome. The fact that they're a two seed, even though the coach went AWOL and yeah. got fired, I think shows that they are awesome. Rodney Terry's a solid coach too. Yeah, they're doing they're doing uh, much better than I would have thought. Yeah, because I I made that bet because of Chris Beard. Because I thought he was yeah. that great of a coach. That's why I bet Texas. So for him to get fired was pretty disappointing. But I do like Texas. I do think Houston is the best team. Yeah. But we're going to find out because they played in a weak conference too. But if you made me pick one team as the best, I'd probably point to Houston. Yeah, I'm going to go back to what we said earlier. You know, the cream rises. So I'm not going, you know, out on a limb here. I, you know, I, I think Houston, I love Houston. And the, I love defensive teams. You know, teams that can really rely on their, on, on their defense and, UCLA and Houston play terrific defense. So those are the two teams I'm looking at. Yeah, UCLA, we should note for our, our uh, audience, too, that uh, they did just lose Jalen Smith, one of their uh, mm-hmm. uh, better defenders. So that's going to be something mm-hmm. to watch because um, they're pretty deep. But that is a, a – a, excuse me, and I should say Jalen Clark, not Jalen Smith. Yeah, Jalen Clark, and uh, that is going to be an injury. Two well-coached teams. Yes. You know, Jay's – I definitely agree with what Jay said about their defense. Just want to add in, those are two of the coaches I respect the most. Yep. So uh, that that those are those are teams I like that I like those two. I don't know how good the Big Twelve teams are, yeah. and I don't know how how I know they're I know they're very good. I know it's the best conference, but I don't know how good they are. Are they gonna? Is it gonna be like Baylor two years ago, where they just blew through the whole field, right. or are they gonna be running on fumes because they had to fight so hard in their regular season? I don't know. We'll see. All right, and the last one, actually, we'll switch gears just really quickly. Just a general question as we're approaching the new league year in the National Football League. How closely do you guys monitor free agency, and how big of an impact does it actually have on some of these future odds in the National Football League? We have a whole team looking at that on a day-to-day basis, and we're keeping track and, and, you know, keeping track of that ticker and and the news that breaks out on Twitter. I mean, that's where we get most of our information. Our guys do a very, very good job of – uh, you know, monitoring what's going on out there and adjusting accordingly. So it's something that we do not ignore. It's something that we're always keeping an eye on because we know those those type of additions and signings and trades, whatever it might be, could impact those odds tremendously and, in some, and, and in you, some you, cases. you preemptively lower the odds, right? I mean, you've got, yep. like, in case Aaron Rodgers goes to the Jets. Well, those are built in. The yep. odds yep. are here. We don't know which team Tom Brady is going to unretire to join. I'm hearing Dolphins. I've heard 49ers. we got to keep an eye on it. I don't know how much of an upgrade he is at this point in his career. I mean, not to bring up bad memories, you guys did get a little burned by that last year, right, with the, uh, the bets yeah. coming in. And I, I expect and... him to do it again this year, <laughs> yeah. to be honest with you. I think he'll at some point he'll have a change of heart. Right. You think? And I do. And he'll, I, but is he better than Tua Tungavaiola? I don't know about um, that. I'm, is Derek Carr better than Andy Dalton? Because the statistic last year would say that is not. I the don't case. know about that either. But no, you, you always. Better. But like we we Lateral took some. Not much. Right after Carr went there, we took a series of bets on the Saints to win the NFC. Mm-hmm. So you you have to fi- figure this is where the money is going to come in, and you got to react to the money on some level. So I don't think Derek Carr is anything special, but we knew that people were going to bet the Saints or whoever, whichever team he signed with. You want my proclamation now? Yeah. Carolina Panthers, NFC South winner. Let's go. Okay. CJ Stroud's going to lead them to victory. I could see that. I mean, that's a that's a wide open division. I, I if the Bucks are actually going to go with Kyle Trask, which I doubt, and the Falcons are going to go with Ritter, there's really no reason at all yep. why the Panthers couldn't win the sure. division. And they were playing well at the end of the year and I like Frank Reich. Yep. Surprise. So you just you just bounce around following Frank Reich. Is that what you do? Pretty much all that is, yeah. 
<laughs> and if the rumors are true that Philip Rivers could come back, you know I'm there too. Oh, that'd be great. Oh, Maybe they just bring back everybody. <laughs> Brady and Rivers. And I mean, if it's, if it's Rivers and Reich again in Carolina, sure. I mean, why not? Maybe Eli Manning can come back. Yep. You know, the common denominator here, uh, Philip Rivers, a bunch of kids, Tom Brady, a bunch of kids, and now forcing their way out of retirement. I think, come on. Okay. We see it Maybe there. Peyton Manning can come back. Yeah. Does he have a lot of kids? He's got a son that's supposed to be really good at football. Does he have an arm? It's kind of a problem. Yeah, his name's Marshall Manning. Uh, yes. Supposed to be very good. No, I meant Peyton coming out of retirement. Peyton, but well, he didn't have an arm the last two, or two years. Yeah, right. He won the Super Bowl. By the way, Arch Manning, yeah. uh, some bad stories we're already hearing out of Texas. Lost his student ID twice already, reportedly. Oh, uh, I don't know. Seems lost. Not really great. He's a kid. <laughs> All right. That does it for the Odds Makers, presented by Superbook Sports. Again, you can follow us up on Twitter at Superbook Sports. Follow everything we do there. And, of course, the website, superbooksports.com. And come out and see us in any one of our many locations. Until then, we will talk to you next week here on the Odds Makers. You've been locked into the Odds Makers podcast. The Odds Makers podcast, presented by Superbook Sports, featuring Jay Cornegay, John Murray, and Jonathan Von Toll. Hit our subscribe button, rate, review, and never miss out on weekly behind-the-counter access to the biggest events in sports. The Odds Makers podcast is a production of Green Roll Media. Green Roll Media, the world's premier sports betting podcast network.